You're listening to the Faith and Other Oddities podcast, brought to you by the Raven Creek Social Club, where we talk about faith and other oddities. For questions, comments, or to be part of the conversation, join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can find us at Raven Creek SC. Now for your hosts, Emily Dixon and Nathan Underwood. But you and Mickey went out to dinner last night. Yeah, yeah, we went out to, uh, so we're, we're a little late, and it'll be way late by the time this airs, but um, our anniversary was in December, this is January 6th, so last night we went out, um, but it's, you know, it's over Christmas break, which was great when it was just the two of us, um, you know, we could still get anniversary celebration in there, but... And then you poorly planned a daughter's birthday. We we didn't plan anything with that one. Um, well, that's probably too much information. But, um, but our our youngest, uh, she is she her birthday's in the break as well. So now you have anniversary and Christmas, and a birthday. Um, and that's you know Christmas with her family and Christmas with our family. Trying to work out all the logistics. Trying, yeah, Who trying needs to, work, to be where. Yeah, trying to work all out all, all the logistics and and it was it was a little easier, uh, you know, when both the fathers were alive because you could uh you could just switch holidays, but now that you know there's single moms involved, you kind of feel like you have to be at each one uh, and do something. So you yeah. know that that kind of changed things, but yeah, so that that was you know, like I said, you know, it was just the two of us. It was it was fine. But when you throw in the logistics of just even just having children over the holidays, let alone one of them having a birthday right over the break, that really gets a little crazy. The anniversary gets sacrificed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we, we delayed and you were in town. So, you know, free babysitter. <laughs> uh, we were able to go have a nice dinner. So we went to went to a place called Sear, um, as in seared things like you. Not Sear. Not like not like a prophetic thing, but like S E A R. Not everything has a biblical tie in. No, what you're no, us. Uh, not everything. But it was really good. I I have never. We actually we had a so for the people going to Norman. Uh, it's it's really good. It's you know it's a little on the pricey side, you know, but it's locally owned and and I, I say on the pricey side, it's not pricey for what it is. It's very well done food. It's good food, and it's it's priced appropriately for what it is. But I was really impressed. We had a we started out with a. I know I know everyone wants to know this, but we started out with a, these you know these uh, crab no not crab the salmon croquettes that were delicious. The sauce was amazing. I figured it had to be because y'all were like looking up the recipe yeah, we online. Look, yeah, we're looking up the recipe for the sauce, trying to find out if we can kind of recreate something similar. And then, and then we had lamb, lamb loin chops with, uh, mushrooms, uh, mushroom risotto. And it was so good. And it was really interesting though. Cause I, I tried the risotto and I was like, it's good. And then I took a bite of lamb and, and the lamb was amazing. Like it was so perfectly done that I, it was just tender, juicy, melt in your mouth lamb. And then I took another bite of the risotto. And it tasted like 10 times better. So it was like the flavor pairing. That, uh, that was really, really good. 
And so. that, that's huge in making a successful dish. I mean, not that I can do it on my own, but I have enough friends who, who cook well. That oh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, your, your friend Sarah, who's the chef, um, she, was, she was cooking at a restaurant uh, that's it's now... The restaurant's out of business. She she left before it closed, so it wasn't like she it wasn't her cooking that, that closed <laughs> right. it down. Her, you know, it, I got to say, uh, it was just the owners decided they were. It, there was, it was a it's a long story, yeah, but yeah, decided they were done with it. Um, and, and we were really sad about that. And they were really yeah. So uh, yeah, and we're we're really sad about it. But no, we're like uh, Mickey and I went there one one year because uh, we were visiting family on Christmas break. It's you know, and we uh, we ordered an appetizer. And then there was, a, you know, uh, Sarah knew we were eating there. So, you know, she sent out, uh, you know, compliments of the chef, mm-hmm. uh, two deviled eggs. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's an interesting thing to just send <laughs> out. But, oh, my goodness, the, that was the that was the best deviled eggs I've ever had in my life. And now here's the thing. Just before that, I had had the, the deviled eggs that, that our Aunt Patricia made. And she's a good cook. And she's a good cook. Uh-huh. And but she had done like these uh, avocado mm-hmm. deviled eggs that year, and those were really good. <laughs> and no offense to to our aunt, but holy cow! Like I was, I didn't think a deviled egg could be that good. So now, Sarah is amazing because uh, there for a while on my birthday, she would make me something, and she would come up with something that that was perfect and. I know we're going on and on again, but I have to, the one thing she made me because my birthday is on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, green's kind of a theme. She made me basil ice cream. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so insane. And I don't even like ice cream. Like, I mean, I like ice cream, but I'm not like an ice cream fanatic. And a lot of times I'll just bypass it. Right. I ate like two and a half, three bowls of the stuff because it was that good. And, and, and it's like, leave it to Sarah, but she's won all these awards and everything. So we're like major food snobs in some ways. Yeah. And we really, so when y'all guys came home and Mickey's like, I was going to save you a piece of the lamb, but yeah, it's a, y- y'all were yeah. raving. Now I've got to go. And uh, yeah, you'll have to check it out sometime. And, and it's not Italian. So you could take Ty there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, uh, you know, I have know. to use dynamite to get him, you know, this direction because he doesn't get, leave the house. Get him out of his chair. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we made a crucial mistake uh, while recording, and that is we started talking about food. Now you're hungry. And no, not that I'm now. It's not even that. It's like I could, we could, this whole show could just be about food. Be about food. <laughs> because of how much we love food. Well, like, yeah. Well, when, when Mickey and I travel anywhere, people are like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I feel like we've talked about this before. But, Maybe. But. but I'm just like, I'm always like, well, we're going to go to this restaurant and this restaurant. And if there's time, we'll go maybe to this museum. <laughs> well, and, and we don't, and I, you and I, and I know you and Mickey do this too. We tend to shy away from the chains. We we look for just what's going to be mm-hmm. local. And, and we are often pleasantly surprised by places most of our friends wouldn't even go to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- that's actually... I tend to ask, um, like at the hotels, like what's, where, where would you send someone, uh, for this type of food? That's not a restaurant, you know, it's not a chain, you know, concierge usually knows, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, fantastic food out here in Norman. And we are, we're actually looking at possibly let us know if you're interested in this. Here's the deal. We're possibly, you know, we just launched the Patreon. 
we're possibly going to go with a level of support that is this. We're not going to, I'm not going to give you how much yet. We're going to see if it's possible. We got to look at kind of some rules and stuff, but it's going to be, if you reach, if you contribute a certain level, then you have the option to come to Norman and we will, uh, we'll spend the day with you at either the art museum, the natural history museum, the zoo, uh, science museum something we'll go do something fun that's my idea fun museums are fun to me so if there's something else you'd rather do that's totally cool too um and if it's legal (laughs) yeah and it's yeah it has to be legal and moral and then we will uh those are they're not always synonymous (laughs) true um but then we'll we'll go out and we'll have dinner and and just have a good time and uh you know so we're we're working on that we're looking to see if that's something that we can do through patreon now, you have to provide your own transportation here, but we will take you to where the food is. <laughs> and we might include two restaurants on that. Um, we'll just have to... One at the beginning and one at the end. I mean, I mean, we'll start at lunch and then go have yeah, dinner. I, and I was actually going to go the other way. And like, if you want to get us to come speak at any of your <laughs> events, just promise us good food and you're going to... That's going to go a long way. That in, will go a long you know, way. Making up our mind. Oh, yeah. And that is something, <laughs> yeah. Emily and I are available for, for speaking. Um, if you're interested in some of the topics, uh, I generally will probably talk more about worship. And that's more of my background as uh, time as a musician and a worship leader. Um, and then Emily, of course, can talk about anything. Um, give me enough prep time. Yeah, just give her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and there are some other topics that I will cover, but generally I like to talk about worship because I feel like that's an important, uh, an important part of Christian life that we sometimes overlook. Well, I don't think we just overlook it. I think, don't think we understand it. Or misemphasize might be better. But that's not what this show is about. But uh, we kind of got off track. Again, we made the <laughs> crucial mistake of starting the show talking about food. So um, We love our food. We love our food. And we, we hope you do too. And again, and even here's the other thing. If you happen to be in town, we might not do a, a crazy thing, but if you happen to be in Norman sometime, hit us up. We will, we'll be glad to go grab coffee or, or even dinner sometime. Uh, Mm -hmm. especially if you want to support us by paying for that while you're in town, but, (laughs) uh, I'm kidding. So, um, we will be glad to sit down and have coffee, have a chat. Um, but yeah, hit us up through the page. Let us know when you're going to be in town. If we're available, we might might hook up so there's that uh oh that was a little loud sorry so there's that uh but we've got a show planned we we actually do and we're picking up where we left off uh last week where we were talking about uh the binding of isaac and we kind of went through the story and looked at some of the high points on that and this week what we want to do is we want to look at the chiastic um structure Mm -hmm. which we looked at with hagar and ishmael for their story and then we're going to put the two together and we're going to see how they play off each other. And I, I love this because I didn't realize there was this much connection. And yeah. to, Until I asked a question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Questions are dangerous um, because I, you and I both will do this. If somebody asks a question, we have a tendency to just like, I've got to know the answer now. Yeah. And so. Yeah. And so, so yeah, I want to look, I, I'm, I'm curious now and, and if I, and you know, I do. I'm kind of regretful, though, that I asked the question because I found out that the answer is a chiastic structure. <laughs> and, <laughs> and 
the and it's and it the and I, I say that jokingly. Um, I understand what it is, but it's really hard. It, it's hard to go through those and keep them interesting because it feels like you're just lining up bullet points. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you're not, uh, it seems like you know, if you're someone who uh, who like to do like puzzles, it might be a lot more fun. But I'm not. I'm not a puzzle person. Well, and I think if we could do this visually. It would be easier too, and I know we're on YouTube, but we got so many podcast listeners. That I think it would be really difficult to. Yeah, we don't want to deprive the yeah. podcast crowd, and and maybe maybe we can have like uh, a video eventually for like yeah some a special edition or something. We can come back to it, but because there's really not that many points, uh, I, and I deliberately now this could like expand out, mm-hmm. but I deliberately tried to keep it short. Matter of fact, there's uh, three points for each leg of the of the. Chiasm. Chiasm, thank you. Yes, and then the y-axis. Now, it could <laughs> it it could spread out, but I wanted to, because we are just talking about this, yeah. I thought that was a good good number to kind of stop with. And, um, you know, really, there are people, I mean, there are people who've gone through and done entire books, and not just like within sure. the book, I'm talking between the books. Oh, yeah. And so it, it gets really involved and... So we're just giving you a little taste. If this now, is something, is now is the chiastic structure? You're saying like that, that spans multiple books. Is multiple that, books. Now, is that something you think is intentional, or do you think that's something that's imposed? Yes. Uh, no, it, I mean, no, because because here's the thing. Uh, I would say if you're going to do that, do because you, you know that like the Jewish Bible is in different in a different order mm-hmm. than the English Bible. Mm-hmm. So are the people doing that? Are they using English Bibles? Are they using you know? Are you getting into like Bible code stuff? Uh, you know, well, and that's the thing. I haven't. I think we'd have to look at each case individually because I think sometimes people can see it and it's just jumping out at them. Mm-hmm. And then I think other times we're reaching too far. Sure. And I like those little nuggets that you know kind of stick out. And I think that's something I try to guard against with me, it, not reaching too far and not trying to mm-hmm. to. But yeah, like the and you mentioned the Bible code. Um. Yeah, the Bible code, you can do that formula with any book. With any text. Yeah, you yeah. can put Shakespeare in it. and Yeah, so I, I so there's a part of me that's going to like, yeah, really I, don't care. I, I don't know if it would work with Dr. Seuss, though. Somebody ought to try that. <laughs> please, if you have the technology, please put in this algorithm and show us what the Seuss, the Seuss says. What the the Seuss sayer. <laughs> We find ourselves way too amusing. Um, but yeah, because, and I, I, one of the things that Heiser points out is the people who did the Bible code aren't even using the oldest Hebrew text. Yeah, they're using like the one with the vowels and everything. Yeah, so it's, that's suspect to me. Um, I think there's some interesting things that are pretty obvious that come out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some other things that, you know, people have just really went either way to try to impose upon the scripture as you put it. So, um, so, so we're starting in, we're starting in what? 20. Again? Uh, we're in 22, 20, 22. Uh-huh, and we're actually starting with verse one. So that makes it easy. Yeah. Julie Andrews. Start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, God calls Abraham in verse one and he says, Abram and immediately Abraham says, Hanani. And we talked about the importance mm-hmm. of that in last week. You know, that's I'm here, I'm present, and there's this agreement. I'm going to go along with whatever you have to say, even though I haven't heard it. Mm-hmm. And so 
Abraham says, Hanani, and that's verse one. And we're just jumping right into the chiastic structure here. Um, if you look at verse 11, this is when Abraham has the knife drawn. Okay. And God says, Hanani. I, God says, Abram, Abram. And Abraham says, Hanani. Okay. So we have that repeated. If we go down to verse two, we've got, uh, God tells Abraham, take your son, offer him as a sacrifice in the place that I will tell you. In verses 9 and 10, the son is taken. There's the attempt to make him the, the sacrifice in the place where God told Abraham to go. So we, there, we're starting to get some line up. Uh, verse 6, and I kind of mentioned this last time, uh, he took the wood, he, he bound it, he placed it on Isaac, and they went together. Now, this is, this is the key phrase. They went together. Right. And in verse 7 and 8, uh, we're, again, we're talking about the wood. We've got Isaac. Um, is still carrying the wood, and they're still going together. Uh-huh. And so this is this is important because in the, this happens in the middle of the conversation. You know, I said that was the only conversation that that Isaac and Abraham ever had. Mm-hmm. And Isaac actually says, "Father," and Abraham's response is "Hanani," which is totally counter to what we saw with Hagar. Right. And, and this is the, the, the center axis of the story. And, and this has become, uh, a lot of the, the sages, when they would begin to, to discuss this, they said this was the power of Abraham, that he could say Hanani to God without any hesitation, but he could still be present in the moment. And when, a pers- when his son calls on him, his response is an automatic Hanani. That, that's, um, that's interesting because that that actually that reminds me of you know that we have that saying don't don't be so heavenly minded that you're mm-hmm. no earthly good mm-hmm. where you know uh, saying you know don't don't get so caught up in your religious practice um in your cultic practice of your religion that you leave out the practical implications of what you should be doing you know with your with your fellow humans well and you know it whenever abraham's walking up this mountain and you you say isaac is a child and he is seven or eight, and we don't know, you know, like we talked about last week, we don't know how old he was. Mm-hmm. And here's a kid, father. What, what's the last thing you want to hear when you know what you're getting ready to do? You right. don't want that, that relationship. You don't want it at the uppermost level of your consciousness. You, you, I would think that you would want to kind of separate and distance yourself. Sure. Well, it's, and <laughs> going back to, uh, commentarians, where, <laughs> where you talked about, uh, you, where you all watched uh, Hannibal or mm-hmm. the Silence of the Lambs, talking about Hannibal and talking about how the killers, how killers dehumanize people, right? And so at this point, we're having uh, Isaac saying, "Father, um, you know, you talked about the uh, the was the senator congresswoman in the movie keep saying the daughter's name yes. in the in the television mm-hmm. so that the the killer will have to." hear their name mm-hmm. and think of them as a person. Um, I know that's kind of a weird parallel here, but you've got Abram, Abraham who is about to, uh, you know, about to have to sacrifice his son. So he's, he's probably in his mind trying to make himself think of Isaac as an animal or as a lamb. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, Isaac saying, Father, and, and bringing that back in. Yeah, drawing him right back to that moment. Yeah. So, and Abraham acknowledges because he says, "Here I am, 
my son. Mm-hmm. A- and he, he allows himself to be in, in that moment with Isaac. And I think, you know, like you said, that whole spiritually minded, no earthly good, you know, so heavenly minded. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's a temptation. I, I, I know. I, I get it. It'd, it'd be much easier to cloister ourselves away with books and not ever interact with anyone. That would be wonderful. Uh, so, no, <laughs> but uh, we have enough Patreon supporters. We might. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not our goal. Um, we are here to help and interact. But the, uh, but no, but I, you know, you also kind of parallel that with, uh, and I don't know if this is where you're going, but you, you contrast that with Hagar, mm-hmm. and this goes back to my original question of whenever she thinks her son is going to die, what did she say to to the angel? She said, "Just don't let, just don't make me watch my son die." And that's well, and, and yeah, we're going to kind of get to that because I, I think it's very interesting too in this this part where Abraham, for the first time, calls Isaac his son, mm-hmm. and, and so with Hagar, who there was this relationship with Ishmael, and the, she, I mean, so much to the point that Ishmael was mirroring Hagar's own behavior towards Sarah and Isaac mm-hmm. with the mocking and the taunting, then. So they have a deep relationship, and here Abraham doesn't have doesn't seem to have much of a relationship, right? And, and yet, in this moment of crisis, there's a flip at, for both of them. On one, it's good, and for one, it's not so good. So there are actually fifteen different points that line up these stories together, and I didn't go into all fifteen of them, right? But um, I wanted to show you why they're back to back, and and. This is where I know we talked about this before, but I'm gonna, I want to I have to harp on it. We cannot just read scripture in isolation. You need the context. Hey, you, I'm going to knock some points off your grade. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I got my phone out. Sorry. But, it, it, it's hey, speaking of Joe, he's asking. <laughs> he's asking about the Silence of the Lambs episode. Oh, <laughs> so uh, that's kind of funny. Uh, but. Uh, uh, we'll get we'll get to that later. <laughs> Sorry, gotta wait, Joe. Um, yeah. So the but there's um there's 15 points that connect it, and and you've got to read both the stories together to see that. Right. And I think even if you didn't sit down and make a list, if you read even the binding with the expulsion of Ishmael on, you know, fresh on your mind, then you're going to be seeing some of these things just naturally, and not necessarily having to go through a point by point dissection that makes sense yeah um (laughs) no it it does i mean because we do we do tend to read so much in in isolation um we in particularly our bible particularly Uh, i mean yeah well i meant uh, almost exclusively our bible i meant that's what i meant we tend to read the bible so much uh i i missed a word It, it it as though it was written in a vacuum as though it was just handed down uh regardless mm-hmm. of what was going on culturally and like god's just kind of like i don't want to know what's going on over there here do this you know? right i mean and, and yet we have this it's funny because we have the exact opposite thing with sodom he goes down to investigate and mm-hmm. you know it makes a very the bible makes a very strong point of he didn't just do that he right. was actually there on the scene so but um Oh, it's kind of some of the points that tie this together is if you look at both stories, Abraham wakes up early in the morning with both of them. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, you know, 
why was he up early in the morning? Was it because he was upset? Was it because it's just like, get, let's just get this over with? He didn't mm-hmm. sleep the night before. These are all questions that when you're reading the Bible, you may not get a specific answer, but it helps put yourself back in the text and, sure. and to think about what uh, your attitude or your thoughts process might be if you were Abraham. Um, obviously, the stories are connected because there's a, the near death of both of his sons. Right. Uh, both of them begin with a command from God mm-hmm. that you're supposed to do this. And they both end with an angelic um, intervention. Intervention. That's the word. I've got it written here and I still couldn't say it. So, well, it's because you're handwriting. The- <laughs> Sorry. Uh, words for that, but okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and then. Uh, so we're still on to the compare. Yeah, we're on the comparison of, of the two of them. No, but we haven't got to contrast yet. Yeah, we haven't got to contrast yet. Okay. <laughs> what, Dave Allen? Yes, we haven't got to contrast yet. But almost, uh, yeah, so because you got to start with the similar points, so then you can find the different points. Uh, each child almost dies in the presence of one parent while the other parent is oblivious. So Hagar, mm-hmm. it, it was with mm-hmm. Ishmael, Abraham's not there. Abraham's with Isaac, but Sarah's not there. Because can you imagine? I think about that for a moment. As a as a mom, and the father comes in and says, "Hey, honey, I'm taking the kid out to the mountain for a few days because God told." You know, I okay, that wouldn't bother me so much. But now, if you'd finish the sentence, like, because God told me to sacrifice it, yeah. It, I mean, it depends on how, have I had my coffee yet? I'm kidding. I love my kids. I, I joke too much about them. Me, I, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't joke that much about them because I, I, we don't harm them. They're not no. abused. We love them so much. These kids are so I'm, self-confident I'm that, but, you know, but they're, youngest, but they're kids and they're active. Inform me last night. I was bad with the baby wipes. I was wiping off her hands and I, I was so, you know, she's not timid or scared. She's... No, yeah. not at all. She, and she's funny. She cracks me up. But, okay. So, but yeah, because I, I, I... Sarah's never brought up in this story at all. I mean, she, she's just... She's not present. And you got to think... You got to wonder, did Abraham... One, did he tell her he was leaving? Or did he just grab Isaac up and run? <laughs> I, I, I would imagine he probably said he was going to go... Now, okay, now here's actually kind of funny. I just put this together. Abraham says, hey, we're going to go, and he walks three days into the wilderness. What is it? Uh, Later on, we get into Exodus. What does Moses say? We need to go travel three days into the wilderness so we can sacrifice to our God. See? I mean, it's, (laughs) yeah, I just realized that there's the parallel there. So, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Uh, and it's all over the Bible. Uh, and that's the thing. There's no replacement for going over these stories over and over again until you do have these little things that pop out where when you read one, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that from this. Yeah. And what's really funny is I actually didn't realize that that um, Moses had asked to just go out to sacrifice originally. You know, we always think of uh, Charlton Heston. Let my people go. <laughs> you know, Um and we'll have it's, to get into some of this because I mean, <laughs> then we got the question, was Moses lying to Pharaoh? Was God lying to, to Moses? Who's lying to who? Is there a lie? And how do you reconcile that? So this actually poses a huge problem. Right. In the rabbinic community, there was debate after debate after debate. What, 
how how do you deal with this? Right. And that's one of the things I do love about the Jewish literature. They didn't go, oh, well, it, 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 yeah, yeah, no, they <laughs> they hit it head on, and and they are they're willing to to fight and discuss and and pick it apart. And I think so often in Christian circles, we just go. Uh, so moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and there's there's another podcast that I listen to that that they do it it does involve some atheists in talking about uh Christianity and and it's to me it it's very frustrating because they obviously aren't listening to any good Christian teachers um uh, because th- they talk about well anytime you bring up the problem of evil they're like oh look at these I'm going to jingly keys going to jingle my keys and and it's like no you that's not what happens uh whenever you actually listen to legitimate teachers right i know i, I think that you know some of us are willing to go there yeah uh, we may not have great answers but we're willing to to try to come up with some good questions mm-hmm. yep. so so but that's okay. a whole nother topic but yeah i'm sorry i just I, I just when i realized that i was like hey that's an interesting parallel that the three days into the wilderness the, yeah so. And yeah, and we're the three days obviously comes up again later too. So it's like it's a, an important number. Yeah, imagine that. Um, but you know, here's the part that I think a lot of us don't notice is both children have wood over them at some point. Because what does Hagar do? She casts Ishmael under the bush, under the thorn bush. Okay, yeah. And so, and that that word cast there is actually the same word where Abraham sends his hand out to to slay Isaac. So those two words actually play together in the Hebrew. Yeah. Thorn bush. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Another parallel with Moses. Oh, it, I mean, it's in here. And the, the problem is, it, it's not what can I come up with to teach about. I was saying the ram caught in the thorns. Uh-huh. And we got the ram caught in the mm-hmm. thorns, which that's interesting. I don't think I brought this up. Isaac asked, where's the lamb? What, what I think is funny is when they go up the mountain, he's like, wait, where's the lamb? And it's like, kind of like, are we going to have to go back? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dad, you forgot something. And, and the thing was, it wouldn't be just down the mountain. It would be three days, three back. days back. And we both know what our dad's response would be to that. So I hate when I leave my sheep at the house. Yeah. <laughs> Random biblical problems. <laughs> Uh, that could be a t-shirt um so uh but you know isaac asked about a lamb and it's not a lamb that they find it's a ram Mm -hmm. That, that that's a significant difference right and it's caught by its horns well Mm -hmm. what do horns represent strength strength and power why why do why does um you know, why does Christ have to go on to be sacrificed? Because he's the only one with the strength and the power to accomplish that. And so it's ultimately his strength and power that catches, that quote unquote, catch him. Right. And so that comes into play. And, you know, Hannah, in her prophecy about the Messiah, which we're going to find when we get there. Oh, yeah. That's it talks awesome. about the horn of God's, uh, God's anointed. And anointed is Messiah or Christos, uh, Christ. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, we could spend days just like that, like I said, that beautiful mind map with <laughs> here's the string from here and there. So, anyhow, um, so there, there's the wood aspect of it. Uh, in each account, both parents receive supernatural sight. 
because Hagar, God opens her eyes yep. and she sees the well. Um, Abraham, and, and then we kind of hinted at this last episode, he sees the ram that is behind him. Mm-hmm. And so in rabbinic lit, whenever you see this, what they talk about is this is he, Abraham at this point in his obedience has, uh, we got a, hey, sorry, we have an intruder. All right. So what were we talking about? <laughs> we had a, sorry, we had a child interrupt. Um, okay. The ram. Yes. Behind. So ram okay. seeing behind. Yeah. This is an important point. <laughs> yeah, this so, is an important this is, point. This is the question I asked last time that I want to know. Uh, so the the, uh, the the literature says that basically um, in his obedience, Abraham has moved into such a position of oneness with God that now he's seeing things as God would see them. And so he's now seeing Isaac as his son. Mm-hmm. He's not just seeing him as, as Sarah's son. He is um, seeing what the true sacrifice should be, not just Isaac. Okay. And so, and if you'll notice, if you go on and read the rest of the story of Abraham, which there's really not a lot, um, God never speaks to him again. Right. And, and when you think about that, Abraham has just completed the most horrible test that God could, could ask any father because he didn't just lose Isaac. I, I think sometimes in Christian circles, we kind of like, oh, yeah, he cast Ishmael out and yeah, good riddance kind of an idea. Sure. This was the son a- Abraham loved. He loved Ishmael. This, it wasn't just, he didn't feel about Ishmael like we've kind of been conditioned to feel about Ishmael. Right. And, and so he, he's lost both his kids or came this close right. to losing. Right. And, the, and you know, something else that, again, wasn't pointed out to me until I was an adult is that, you know, when it talks about after Abraham dies, that mm-hmm. Isaac and Ishmael bury him together. Together, yes. And that's not, you know, that doesn't, that, you know, it, it seems like, because we, again, like we've been conditioned to believe that Ishmael was cast out and never to be seen again, never to be heard from. We just don't talk about it. And it's really, it's frustrating. You know, we hit the, we hit the, uh, the binding of Isaac. Mm-hmm. We hit the pinnacle of that story. And then we might talk about Isaac finding Rebecca. Mm-hmm. If you're a woman, you get to hear that story a lot. Uh, well, yeah, I yeah. guess you might hear it more. In, yeah. But, you know, we might hear about that. But often. Jacob's t- Ladder. Hear about, yeah, we hear about Jacob's Ladder. And then uh, we go straight to Joseph. But yeah, it's, it's very. Yeah. And that's part of the reason we're doing this because there's a lot of people who just aren't familiar with the stories. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about, I know you were saying when you had students come into your class that they didn't even know their basic Bible stories. Like you, you said you had one, one guy and was he, was he one of the, one of the Christian ministry, was he one of the pastors who was arguing with you about whether or not, or was that just one of the undergrads, whether or not Adam actually named the animals in the text? He was an undergrad, a grad who was already preaching in, in churches. Okay. And that just blows my mind. Yeah. He's like, like, no, he didn't. I'm like, okay, so we're going to open our Bibles page two. Right, you know, because like if, just knowing the stories, just knowing the stories makes it so much better. Like, and and the thing is, like, as we're and again going back to the conversation, as you're going through stuff, like, just because I'm I'm familiar enough with the stories, I haven't done 
again, I didn't do a whole lot of research on this episode. I'm sorry. I, I, a lot of it is... I even I, bought him a great new study tool. <laughs> I, okay. A, a lot of it is I handle more of the technical side. You you handle the content more heavily. And, and after I get my process a little more streamlined, I'm going to get some more... Well, and getting past holidays and yeah, getting through birthdays the holidays. and anniversaries. And... Yes. And, and so once we get some of that, I'm going to try to bulk up a little more on my content side of things. But but the um, just just because I, I've read through the text and kind of know where the stories are and where they go and have a, a general idea of the, of the way it flows, as you're going through and pointing this stuff out, I'm like, okay, yeah, I see it. And even I can kind of see some of it before you're yeah. getting there. So And also, of course, part of that's just because we've had some conversations about some of this stuff in the past, but also some of it is, is because we think similarly on some of this Which stuff. Which is kind of scary. Uh, yeah, okay, but I mean, and, the, and that's the thing. It, we it, it all is about it is about repetition. Mm-hmm. It it is about taking the time. I mean, come on, we will sit and spend hours playing the same stupid game on our phone. Yeah, if anyone's ever downloaded twenty forty eight, you know you have to delete it after about three weeks mm-hmm. because you nothing know, else gets done because mm-hmm, you have socks to sort. <laughs> yeah, at least, and, and so. We understand that repetition makes us sharper. It makes us more efficient at the game, but we are unwilling to actually put the time in with the Bible. I saw a uh, a study that said basically, if people spent the same amount of time reading mm-hmm. as they did on social media this next year, they could read two hundred books. Oh wow, that's and, probably accurate. Yeah, and that's not even speed reading. That's that's not you know that's just a, a normal person's mm-hmm. pace. So. There's really no excuse. And, and, you know, just in, I know a lot of times we'll do, oh, well, you know, I tried doing my Bible study and I just didn't get anything out of it. You did. If you spent the time to actually read, Mm -hmm. you did. And I think sometimes we want this great spiritual high when we get into the Bible. We want to feel like God's presence is looming over us somehow. And, and, you know, sometimes that may happen. Great. More power Mm -hmm. to you. If it doesn't, just know that there is value in obedience and there's value in taking time to study his word. Right. So. Right. And, and that's actually one of the things you're talking about time and, and, you know, with sometimes with, you know, kids and holidays and stuff, stuff will kind of go to the wayside for a little bit, but, um, Louis L'Amour, Educational Wandering Man, one of my favorite books. Great book. I, I think that book should be required reading at every school. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I, I I do. I think it should be because it's it, it's written. It's kind of a memoir, but it's a lot of his views on education, mm-hmm. and he talks about just having time to read. In the back of the book, he's got pages and pages where he kept a log of books he read just while waiting on people to show up somewhere. Like right. he had his book with him, and if he showed up and someone else was late, or if he showed up early. He would read when he had the chance. And, and again, reading, and I, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast, but reading is a skill like anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and Louis Lamore talks about this too. You have to practice it. The more you do it, the faster you get, the better you get, the better your retention is. And your vocabulary grows. Your vocabulary, yeah, your vocabulary grows. Uh, yeah, just even just, just reading better material. And, and start with something simple that you like if you're not an avid reader. I mean... Find mm-hmm. find something that interests you. That's the main thing. It can be a technical manual. I don't care. But as long as you practice reading, I mean, because I I know guys who would rather read a technical manual mm-hmm. 
than read a novel. And, you know, that's, I get that if it's, if it's something that interests me, I can read tech manual. I can read tech specs on, on audio gear all day. Uh, that's just. We'll pray for your deliverance. <laughs> but, but no, but, but you have to practice it. And, and so, yeah, time is, it, the, the time is, finding the time is really just taking that little bit of effort to have it planned into your day somewhere. Well, and I will even, cause we talked about some of this last night, um, you know, reading right now is kind of hard for you because you do have two kids. Mm-hmm. You've got that thing that our father had where you sit still, you fall asleep. And well, and I think a lot of that's just my work schedule and, and the season with the kids. Yeah. And, but you've found other ways to supplement not being able to read. So listening yeah. to a good podcast. Yeah, listen to a quality podcast. Like, you know, you know Faith if, you, and if, other you can, if you can find one somewhere. Um. <laughs> so, but, you know, and we, we do try to recommend the podcasts that we enjoy so that you don't just have to listen to us yep. all the time. And it, it's all about taking advantage of the chance to learn in car drives and mopping the kitchen floor with your earbuds mm-hmm. in or doing the dishes. All of this stuff, it, it's just another way to take advantage of the chances we have because, good grief, we live in an age where I can hear an Oxford professor lecture <laughs> in OK, Oklahoma, in a camper in the middle of the woods. For free. For free, anytime I want to. Guys, that's cool. And that's, that's amazing. And I, I, we need to be taking advantage yep. of that. So, so yeah. Um, I'm not going to harp anymore on education. Yeah. I, we, I think I did some in the last episode too, <laughs> but that's, that's, my, that's one of my biggest. We're, uh, we're huge peeves. on that. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing. Well, that's or why we're doing a hobby this. Horse, you know, just get. Get educated. We're going to drive it into the ground. So, uh, but yeah. Moving on. This is, this is um, why we're doing what we're doing. And so anyway, both stories also end with, uh, with the, the boys receiving a blessing. Okay. And so these are ways that they're, they're very much like, oh, and the, the final little, you know, it's not necessarily in the story. Someone really wants to talk to me. Uh, it's not necessarily in the story. It is uh, with Isaac. It's actually going to be a couple of uh, chapters later. And they both find a wife. Uh-huh. So that, that's in there. Okay. So what's funny, though, was when you put them together in the center of the both stories, um, depending on, like we talked about how the, the chiastic structure, it kind of depends on where you begin and end, where your center point falls. Mm-hmm. Just as long as you have the, the points that can line up on either side. In the middle of Hagar and Ishmael's story, if you remember, the center point was the angel calling mm-hmm. out to, to Hagar. Right. And if you look at, hmm, I have more notes here than I thought. If you look <laughs> at the uh, situation where with the message to the angel, of the angel to each person, they're exactly the opposite. Okay. 100% completely the opposite. Uh, the first thing it does is they tell you, um, it, it, the, the angel tells Hagar, do not be afraid. Sure. The angel tells Abraham, now I know that you fear God. Hmm. So Hagar fears negative with Abraham fears positive. That I, I haven't got to take that apart, but I thought that well, was... and I, I think it's well, I think it's a difference between fearing God and fearing death. Mm. I mean, it's it's probably where you where you're placing that fear is 
you know, because Hagar was afraid of death. And not even her, her own death. And afraid of her son dying, mm-hmm. um, losing her, her share in the promise, mm-hmm. which was not explicitly given to her at that point. Right. Um, was, was just assumed to be part of Abraham's household. And then even in spite of Abram, Abraham and, uh, and Sarah casting the kid out, God still says, nope, you're, you're still Abraham. He's still Abraham's son. Right. And he's still going to be a great nation. Because I'm wondering, I mean, Abraham never really, in his prayers and talks with God, he's worried about Ishmael. He's never worried about Hagar. He is worried about Ishmael. Uh, God remembers Hagar and tells Abraham, hey, I'm going to do this for, for her to make sure she's taken care of. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's ever a promise directly given to Hagar. Well, no, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. that's why I was saying no. that the, the promise after they're cast out it was never explicit to to her but it was it was given to abraham that his children would be yeah. would be great and she was probably it, she was probably taking it as implied that if she remained part of abraham's household that that ishmael would be the older son there, you know, because there's... at that point it's not spelled out that mm-hmm. isaac's going to be the one at least it may not be to hagar right and so she may still be thinking that that ishmael's going to be the the greater son, because he is technically older, and by law uh, and by tradition, it it would have been Sarah's son technically, so still would have been the older son. Yeah, Sarah, now Sarah's son would have still been the the older son because we know in Habarabi's code, um, the sons of concubines, which this is all happening at that same time. So mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. that's a lot of people don't realize this is where that kind of fits into the the historical record, the son of a concubine could not inherit with the son of a wife unless the father specifically decreed that it would be so. Okay. And so that kind of answers our question there. Yeah. So and then and then you have God coming in and saying, okay, Abraham didn't speak the blessing over Ishmael, but I'm gonna do what he should have done. Okay. So that brings us to another <laughs> very interesting point. Abraham never blesses either of his sons. He's the only patriarch who never blesses his sons. And we know that with Isaac giving the blessing, you know, I mean, that becomes a huge part of the Jacob and Esau. Mm-hmm. Jacob blessing his sons, and then their sons continuing with the blessing. This this blessing of the father becomes very crucial, and Isaac is the one that that starts with. But that goes back to the idea that only a father can bless the son. Well, who blesses Isaac? God. God. Yeah. And it, last week we talked about there's no record of Abraham and Sarah actually procreating with or having sex to have Isaac, it, it, that's left out. Right. Even though it's mentioned in the story of Hagar and Ishmael. So. But we still have God giving the blessing to Ishmael. We do which, have God. Yes. Which would have been him stepping in and, and cleaning up what Abraham should have done. Yeah. A- Abraham. And I think that's what we got to remember about Abraham because, you know, we do have the episode. Abraham was kind of a jerk. Yeah. And. I think that one of the things that we have to remember about him that yes, he does, he does some stuff that is very jerk like, uh, but he, he's coming out of a culture that he's just being a guy, right? He He's not doing anything wrong according to what he has known up to this point. Right now there's had to be some understanding of God. Okay. Because now I've got like 20 points rolling in my head. There has to be some understanding with God because when he sacrifices for Isaac, it, 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 the ram instead of Isaac, 
he's actually fulfilling the promise or the command in uh, Numbers, I believe it was, uh, where the the firstborn belongs to God. Right. And so he's redeeming his firstborn son, which is becomes a part of the Jewish tradition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the thing is, he's he's instituting that, or he's he's acting, even though it's not instituted yet. He, mm-hmm. That becomes the foreshadowing of that that law. Right. Right. And so we have him, you know, there, there's some aspect because, you know, the the belief in um, in Judaism that the Torah has been preexistent, mm-hmm. that in, it was only through the Torah. OK, listen to the wordy. It's only through the Torah that the world was created. Right. And the world was recreated for the revelation of the Torah and the Torah. And now we start getting into language that sounds very similar to very similar to to John one John one and yeah. Torah and Logos and there's actually a lot of writing out there whether Torah and Logos are actually interchangeable right and so that that makes things really interesting because now if that is the case and then we're kind of I didn't plan going here but <laughs> uh you know this is this is us yeah uh, might as well we got if, time yeah if, if um. Uh, if this is the case, that Torah and Logos is interchangeable, the angel of the Lord is the embodiment of Christ in Abrahamic times, then Abraham did, in fact, know the Torah. Right. The, but you also have the distinction between the eternal Torah and the written Torah. The right. eternal Torah, which would have been the, the laws of the universe that God constructed the universe out of. Then you have the written Torah, which is the... Excuse me, the... Uh, Kind of dim revelation of what the eternal Torah would be, but then you, but if you have the theophany, or uh, yeah, yeah, uh, of of Jesus there, yeah, that would have been Abraham would have known the eternal Torah, not the written, not the written Torah. And it's, it was interesting because I was listening to a rabbi teach this week, and he said that the the higher Torah was not meant for the people of Israel because they couldn't handle it. That the the original stones in which God wrote the, the commandments with His finger, they couldn't handle it. That they they had to have the broken, rewritten stones. That was all their humanity could bear. Yeah. Now I and there's there's actually there's another rabbinic teaching which I think is just amazing. And this this I know that this it, fundamentalists hate this, but. Um, but there's a there's a belief that the Torah was not as perfect. The one that I mean, this is kind of mirroring what you said. This belief that the Torah was not as perfect when Moses carved mm-hmm. it out versus when God carved it out, mm-hmm. and because of that, its application is not evident at all times. Uh. And so then you have to wrestle with it, and that's where you get the midrashim, is those rabbinic discussions and the oral Torah and the working it out. And that is mirrored in Jacob. Jacob wrestling the angel. Which would be actually Jacob wrestling with God. <laughs> with God. With the, wrestling with, with the Jesus, Torah. With wrestling with the Torah. Oh my goodness. So, okay. So, so it, <laughs> it really, uh, yeah, it's like, it's funny because. Um, we didn't, hey, but this stuff was not been anything we went over, no. by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, this is all free. Um, but the, uh, the, you know, it's like, it's funny whenever we get to talking about this stuff, um, I was, the image I often get of, of these different ideas, you know, we talk about paradigms and lenses, is like the, uh, the watchmaker glasses that have like the different like 
yes. lenses you can like flip in mm -hmm. and it's like that's what i think of every time it's like oh <laughs> it's, got another one here think of brian uh, brian <laughs> brian regan he has a he has a joke about having trifocals he's like he's like <laughs> he's like my friend's got trifocals he's like he's like thinking about seeing stuff it's like it's a bird it's a plane it's alpha centauri <laughs> like talking about like the, the different <laughs> levels of vision but yeah <laughs> but but no i think of i think of like flipping different it's like oh we're, okay if we, or even if you were doing that with like because there are some telescopes that have lenses that mm -hmm. flip in and out like that like they're fancy and stylized but you know it was like oh well, we can we put these two together we can see for a mile we put these two together we can see for five miles we put this one on we can see to the moon you know because <laughs> you said telescope and i went kaleidoscope and oh yeah i've seen those and i'm like no yep, different yep, different, <laughs> different but that's how my brain works like a kaleidoscope uh, yeah that's i understand that <laughs> okay so so all of that and I want to get, it's kind of, uh, we're going to pull in the rest of my notes and then, and then we're going to wrap it up before we come back to how Christians have read the Binding of Isaac, because it does serve as a type. But No, no we're going to talk about how Christians have, have how modern Christians read, the, read it or how it's been interpreted through the church fathers and Christian tradition. Yes. <laughs> we're we're going to compare and contrast but, those. Yeah, and probably not formally, but we're gonna but we're gonna pull out some of the major ways that Isaac does serve as a type. But sure. uh, and we're gonna say that for next episode. So there's your teaser for that. Um, because Isaac does work as a type, and it's one of the few th times that you're gonna hear me go. There's no else, no way else to read this, and mm -hmm. I I don't have a problem with people picking this up as a type. So the angel is talking to Hagar, and when it talks to to Abraham, totally different language. Uh, with Hagar, there's never once a mention of God. Whereas with Abraham, the angel kind of gives an overview of Abraham's relationship with God. Okay. Um, the angel talks about Ishmael's future with Hagar. It talks about Abraham's past. So, I mean, everything total counterpoint to um, the angel tells, and I think that this was just beautiful. The Abraham, the angel tells, angel tells Hagar, hold the boy by the hand. Okay. So touch, touch positive. With Abraham, he says, withhold your hand. Do not touch. Okay. And so, and the, those two moments with the angel for both of these become the pivot. That's when everything changes mm -hmm. in the story. And no longer is Isaac going to be a sacrifice. No longer is, is Ishmael, Ishmael going to die in yeah. the desert. And, you, you know, and for, the, the little final cherry on this cake, um, now that Abraham has a son who, can, who is going to follow in his footsteps and can continue the claim on the land of Canaan. Sure. Now we have the creation of sacred space. Okay. And in this, in this creation of sacred space that can be maintained by humanity, now we have the final day of the creation account, according to Jewish teachers. Okay. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that a few mm -hmm. days ago. So, so that is, so you're saying whenever there's a place for God to enter into creation, is when creation's complete. Yeah, and they they see this as the the beginning of that because Adam had a sacred space, he lost it, he gets cast out of it, mm -hmm. and then from that point on in the Bible, every time something's being done in the world, it's it, it, it there's. God's having to step in to say, no, I'm still the one in charge. I'm still the one who's in control. And 
Isaac is the one who's going to voluntarily say, God's in control. And Abraham is already doing this. And so... I have so many questions that I will probably get to about that on the next episode. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's only until we get this, this, uh, this lineage. And, and really, when you think about it, too, uh, with, with kings, you can have a warlord, you can have a tyrant. Mm-hmm. You don't have a king until he has a successor. Gotcha. Yeah. So you've got to have that in place in order to have... So it's when God establishes his people. Exactly. He establishes Israel. Uh, yeah. And uh, he gives them a or home. The, or establishes the lineage of Abram, Abraham. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why I always want to keep calling him Abram, because at this point he's Abraham. But by the time, by the time God establishes... When God establishes the lineage... Okay. That makes a lot, a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, it, and it just... Now the story's deeper. It's not just this account of people doing random acts of chaos. There is actually a purpose behind taking the sun up to the top of the mountain. And the, and the purpose is it, it's to show that Abraham has now brought himself into alignment to the point that he can turn loose of everything and still trust God to, to bring about his purposes. Right. And before this, you think about it, Abraham was manipulating. He was scheming. He was making bargains with people he shouldn't have been making bargains with. He he had some good moments in there. Right. But then most of the time, he doesn't trust God to be able to completely fulfill the purposes, even when the test wasn't this big. Sure. So the, this is really where we're at. And it's, it's, it is that polemic that you mentioned against child sacrifice, but it, it's even beyond that. So that's kind of where I'm thinking we ought to wrap up. Yeah, this we week. should probably wrap up this week there. That, that was a... Uh... That was, that was, I enjoyed the show. I hope you did too. Um, that being said, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, hit us up Raven Creek SC on all social media. Raven, that's, uh, uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Instagram. Twitter, <laughs> Facebook. Uh, yeah. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, all the social media, Raven Creek SC. And then on uh, ravencreeksc.com, you can find us there. If you really like the show, comment, write us a review, hit subscribe. Um, come back and see us. Um, y'all, y'all come back now. You hear? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and then if you really, really like, really, really like us, hit us up on patreon.com Raven Creek SC. And, uh, we're going to be formulating new and fun ways that we can reward you. Um, even more than just a show. Absolutely. Cause the show is its own reward. Um, but <laughs> For us, <laughs> for us, yeah, we're having a great time. Uh, we love, we love doing this. And we, but we want to be able to do it full time eventually. So, uh, but we will be thinking of some fun ways we can uh, reward you for helping make the show go. Absolutely. Thank you again, and come back next week. Have a great week. We'll see you later. Bye. You've been listening to the Faith and Other Oddities podcast, a Raven Creek Social Club production. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you like what you've heard, please write us a review on iTunes or consider supporting us on patreon.com slash ravencreeksc. As always, thank you for listening and don't forget to join us next week.